Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Hey everybody, welcome back to Walking with Freya. So, This week I got to speak with my friend Emily Felt about resiliency and gratitude and a variety of other topics that we veered off onto. There are some serious gems in this conversation about how to be more resilient, what it looks like, how we can help our kids develop this skill, the importance of sharing our stories as moms to kids with special needs, and how the simple joys and life can be everything. So a few heads up, this interview is a bit more casual than some of my other ones. I've known Emily for a few years now. You might have heard a few past episodes with her um, in the years past about raising a daughter with PWS and her work around gratitude and food for PWS families. And by the end of the conversation, uh, we, you know, we tried to end it a few times, but then we got start, get started up. Mm -hmm. We would get started up again on things that felt important to share. So hopefully this conversation doesn't feel too disjointed at the end, but, um, she just kept saying some good stuff, you know, so I didn't want to take it out. And I also mentioned a webinar a few times. And just for context, that was something that Emily had led a few days before it was a webinar on resiliency. And so I participated in that and there were quite a few other women there and it was really a, a fantastic webinar to be a part of. And also we recorded this at 7 a.m. And my allergy pill had not had time to work yet. And for a modicum of privacy that wasn't too far away from the Wi-Fi connection, I had to record in the room that our cats hang out in, specifically in the chair that one of our cats sleeps in. And this cat also kept trying to walk across my computer. And so um, I do apologize. I am dealing with some allergies during this interview, but I was able to edit out the majority of it. Um, but yeah, podcasting in the time of COVID, not a lot of privacy around here. And also, um, which I just noticed doing when I was doing the final edit, um, very close to the end of the conversation when Emily was talking, there's a sound in the background that I'm pretty sure is my cat trying to cough up a fur ball. And, uh, but it honestly sounds a little creepy. I just played it for my daughter and she was like, what, what is that sound? Anyway, so if you can spot the sound, um, I'm pretty sure it's a cat, uh, but it does sound a little creepy. So, (laughs) so that's in there. Um, and yeah, the, the title for this episode, I hope, uh, Emily doesn't mind it, but it, it goes along with the conversation and you'll, you'll get it when uh, she gets into it and talking about her daughter and, and this time. So, yeah, so I think this is a fun interview and there really are some, some great takeaways from it. So I hope that you all agree with me and I hope that you, uh, you know, can 
can bear with my, my allergies and my lack of privacy and all that. I'm doing the best I can. So next, uh, PWS Awareness Month is winding down and this is the quietest I've been during this time in a few years. Uh, I used to do Facebook posts every day. The last few years I've been really going hard with the podcast and, and having great interviews and, um, same with this month, putting out some great interviews. Uh, I haven't been so active on social media and I hope you all understand. I'm sure you do. It's just, it's weird times that we're living in right now and we're all doing what we can to get by. So, um, yeah, you know, my struggle these days is of course, partly with homeschooling, but, um, which I enjoy and love, and I love having the time with my girls. Um, it's also a struggle at times and sometimes I don't feel like I'm that good at it. Other times I'm totally nailing it. So, you know, it's one of those. Um, and then also, which I know actually quite a few families are probably dealing with the same thing as far as the medication that our children with PWS take is on back order if you're on the mini quicks. And so people are transitioning to a different form of injection and hopefully that's going smoothly for you. It sucks for us. It's not, I don't know what's, what's happening. It's a lot of phone calls and paperwork and, and trying to get a hold of the right people. And I've been rationing Freya's shots, giving them to her every other day, um, to try and make it last so that there's not a big gap where she's going without. But unfortunately it looks like there's going to be a gap in that. And, uh, so, you know, if you guys, if any of you are going through the same thing, then, you know, I can relate. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You know, there's already a little bit more sleepiness. Um, yesterday Freya had two big long naps and, uh, that's just part of it, I guess. So anyway, good luck to you all out there dealing with that. I'm right there with you and, uh, hopefully we can get all that sorted out soon. So also the writing journal, my writing journal that I made for you all is out. There is joy to be found here. And it's on my website at annfricky.com backslash bookstore. You can purchase a hard copy or download it if that's something you'd rather do. It is cheaper to download. Uh, but the journal is really beautiful and it's nice to have it in your hand. And um, while you're on the book, at the bookstore, if you go there, if you're interested, um, I also have some of my, a couple of my poetry books and my novel. So, you know, it's a good time to, uh, get a good book and sit down and read. If you got the time, if you have kids, you probably don't, but anyway, just my little shameless plug out there. And also I wanted to mention that, um, you know, so Emily and I do briefly touch on the growing number of podcasts for the special needs community. And so I thought I would name a few and episode 58, which I just did. If it was a few episodes ago, I interviewed Jessica from the podcast thriving in the midst of chaos. So that's a good one. There's another one that I have interviewed, uh, episode 47. I interviewed the two women from the Inclusive Education Project. That one is really um, a, a lot of advocacy and information. They're, they're civil rights attorneys. And so um, their podcast has a ton of fantastic information. So that's a great one to check out. And then also Jessica Pate. Uh, I hope I say her name right. Um, but I, I met her, uh, you know, over the phone line and the, the internet, uh, last year and 
I interviewed her that was in episode 38 and she started an organization called We Are Brave Together based out of Southern California doing retreats and, um, you know, work with, uh, support work with, with moms and parents of kids with special needs. And she just started a podcast and that, uh, came out actually last Sunday, I believe. And that is called brave together. So I think that's going to be a really special one. So definitely check out those podcasts and, um, you know, tell your friends and spread the word. And it's awesome that they're, is so much out there and that the community of special needs is growing and the information, the stories, the advocacy that, you know, there are so many places to find connection and your people. And we are really living in a blessed time for having community. So yeah, check those out. If you're looking for more podcasts, um, I have a ton of, you know, this is episode, I think 61. I've been doing this for about three years now, so you can go back there's a lot of episodes to go back through with some really great information. So, you know, I've just been getting some emails lately of, of people, uh, you know, finding the podcast and, and being grateful for the community. And so, yeah, spread the word because there are a lot of us out here and there are more and more people putting themselves out there. And so nobody has to feel alone. Nobody has to feel like they're doing this on their own. And, uh, yeah, so that's spread the word and yeah, leave a review and a rating. I'm sorry to harp on that. Um, (laughs) I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but, uh, you know, leaving a review is a great way to show support for the podcast. You don't have to leave a long detailed treatise on how much you love this podcast, although that's always nice, but even just a few words in the review can help break through the algorithm and it gets this podcast seen by more people and, um, you know, gets it out there more. So any reviews are greatly appreciated. And if you have any questions or if suggestions for interviews, you can always email me at walkingwithreya at gmail.com. I know I've gotten a few recently and uh, I've been focused on the PWS month. So if you're listening and you sent me one, I will get to it. I promise. Now, also in the show notes of this podcast, we're almost there. I promise. Um, Check out the show notes because you'll find important links for, um, to learn more about Emily. You can, there's a link to Emily's coaching website and I'll put up a link to the article that I talk about in this that she wrote for Medium. And there's, will also be a link to a meditation app that she has created or she's involved with and there's a special code with it so you can get a free trial and, uh. Yeah. Oh, and then a link for my bookstore in case you're looking for a copy of the writing journal, or perhaps you want to check out my historical fiction, romance, mystery novel set in the hills of Northern California. Um, that's on there too. (laughs) So, um, with all that, I will leave you and uh, let you get into this conversation with a dear woman, a friend and an ally on this path of raising a daughter with PWS and this conversation of ours as we seek out the lessons and the joy along this path. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So I did your webinar last Friday talking about resilience. And uh, so I think that's something that is really um, important in all walks of life, but especially being a special needs mom and especially being a special needs mom in a pandemic. (laughs) when we're having to shelter in place and um, all the schedules are shifting and the 
therapies are missing and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so um, I just kind of wanted to go over maybe some like coping mechanisms for, you know, kind of maybe this time in particular and ha and it is PWS Awareness Month. So, um, you know, and you are the mom to a child with Prader-Willi syndrome. So, uh, you know, kind of focus on that. Um, what have been, so what have been some of the, the changes from your typical life with this shelter in place? As far as like how it relates to being a mom and, th and things like that. What are some of the bigger? Well, um, let's see. Yeah, we've, we've had obviously a lot of changes. I mean, we're staying at home a lot more. We were people that were pretty active. So we were always planning a trip. We were always going to an activity or, um, you know, trying to get together with friends, having people over. So one thing that's really different is that we're, we're just spending a ton more time at home. And I have to say that's, that's probably been one of our biggest challenges. Um, just because we're, we're used to being able to distract ourselves. Um, you know, when, when we need a break or when things get tough, we would always have the ability to throw some entertainment into our lives and kind of let it, let it roll off. Um, we, we used to take a lot of day trips, you know, or even just two, three days, get away for the weekend. It's been a real challenge staying at home more. Um, but you know, like I, it's funny that I did just do that webinar on resilience because that's what we've been practicing a lot of. And it's, it's definitely a tough practice because it means that, you know, if you want to learn how to handle challenges better, you have to have them <laughs> and then practice while you're going through it. So, um, you know, there's many, many ways to cope with, with times like this, but um, it's the things that have been working for me have just been um, just trying to slow down a lot. You know, I think a lot of us went into this, this situation thinking that we were going to keep the same pace. We were still going to get the same number of, you know, things done in the day as before. We were just going to do it a different way. And uh, what's become clear to me is that, you know, this type of big change requires big lifestyle change. So we have to slow down and just move through it little by little and bit by bit instead of um, feeling like, you know, we should function in the same way as all mm -hmm. this is taking place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're definitely um, kind of in this place of like, you know, the first month or so I was like, okay, well maybe in June we'll get back, it'll get back to normal or, you know, soon. And I think, yeah, we're kind of in this place um, where people are really starting to shift their mindset of like, wow, okay, we might be doing this a while. So, so what does this mean? And I love that, um, you know, some people look at this as an opportunity. It's like, okay, let's, you know, make some good changes. And um, it's just kind of hard to know where to begin, I think, but that's looking at the overall picture. Okay. <laughs> I've just, you yeah, know. It, yeah, it is hard to know where to begin. I mean, um, I think for, for people that are struggling during this time, you know, uh, a helpful thing to do is just get in the practice of checking in with yourself, you know, just being aware of how you're doing each day. Because one of the first things you'll notice is that there's really a lot of up and down. There's times when you may be doing just fine and you can explore into what that feels like. And then there's times when maybe we wake up and we're already tired, you know, five minutes after waking up. Mm -hmm. 
curious about it and say, hmm, how am I doing today? You know, what, what do I need right now? Um, it's, a, it's a really great practice to have that, that I think helps people just cope with, cope with whatever's going on in their lives, even during, you know, a pandemic like what we're facing right now or just in daily life outside of something like this. Mm-hmm. Have you, how does Ollie feel about it? Like, does she talk about it? How does it, all of this kind of come out from her? <laughs> well, it's funny because we, um, we, we started terming the whole situation, you know, all this chaos. Um, she didn't really get it at first. She really wasn't sure why she wasn't going to school and she was um, a little bit confused by doing schooling online, just wondering why she wasn't seeing people. And then it was actually my mother that was speaking to her one day and said, we're not going to you know, be able to do any of that until all this chaos is over. And so she just really latched onto this phrase, this phrase all that chaos. And so now whenever we want to remind her of what's happening, we just say, yes, Ali, we're not doing that because of all this chaos or, you know, we will, we will see your cousins when all the chaos is over. So I, I personally, you know, wouldn't have chosen to term it, you know, all that chaos because it just seems pretty dramatic to me, but um, for whatever reason, it just stuck and it's in her brain and, and she seems to have kind of adapted pretty well. of course, it's, you know, it's challenging for any, um, any child with special needs, I think, just to have a major change in their routine, a major change in the people that they're interacting with each day. And, you know, in our case, we, um, we have Ollie in our local neighborhood school. So the shift to schooling online has been a really, a really big change. It's, it's quite different. So that's been, that's been big. But other than that, she's, she's doing just fine, you know? She's adapting in her own ways. And I think uh, for us as parents, you know, we just see if we can handle our own, you know, stress level, because <laughs> when we do that, we're better able to really know how she's doing and respond to her if she needs it. And also our, our other child as well. Um, we have a 12-year-old um, who's going into seventh grade next year. And, I think one of the surprising things was how much he's affected by this in terms of his anxiety level has been really high. So, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm quite used to, you know, doing so much for my child with special needs, but in this case, my special needs child's adapting even better than my, my other kid. Mm-hmm. So that's been a switch. <coughs> yeah, I, um, I actually just had a conversation with my 15 year old last night who is like, you know, <laughs> very, very even keel, very much, um, you know, has never really understood my anxiety. Like she's pretty solid. And uh, last night she was telling me about um, how anxiety is coming up for her just in the last few weeks. And I just wonder if maybe being older and also well, you know, able to comprehend more, like, what's going on, you know, that's bringing more anxiety, you know, like, yeah, like, Freya knows, like, she can't go to school, because there's this thing that, you know, could get her sick, and we're trying not to spread the sickness, you know, but, I mean, how much deeper than that does it go in her understanding, so, but I think it is an interesting shift, and, like, 
you know, having to, uh, you know, yeah, look a little closer at our, at our other children. And, and I think in some ways, maybe our, our kids with special needs in some ways are more adaptable. Other ways they're not, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We're, we're all having to learn new skills. We've been doing speech on the computer as well. And um, I think it's been going pretty well because the people that we're working with, the therapists, they seem to have figured out uh, a way to keep Ollie engaged, which is great. Uh, as for other sorts of online things, we've been doing um, an online check-in once a day with the paraeducator at the school. And then there's various check-ins with the class. But um, as you said, it, it's really, really tough online. And it does take regular challenges and it just adds like a new dimension. So mm -hmm. I've sort of looked at things and just decided that, you know, when we want to, we take a day off and uh, I've canceled a bunch of online check-ins as well, because I think, I think there's something about the computer screen that um, is a little bit agitating when you have too much time on it. Mm -hmm. And I can see, I can see with Ollie that throughout the day when she's connecting over and over again to a screen, she just doesn't it's very hard to engage in the same way or even a positive way sometimes so I think I've tried to just take the liberty of canceling and really trying to go at her pace and like assess how the situation's going uh, and then I even I I think it's important to stop while you're ahead you know a couple of our paraeducator appointments seem to go on quite a long time and then at the end she was exhausted and of course starting to you know, have bad behaviors and things like that. So I thought, well, let's stop each day while she's doing really good. You know, yeah. let's make this an experience where we end when, when she's still got energy left and she's not at the very, you know, end of her rope. I don't think it's really healthy to get there over and over again. Yeah. So, so yeah, the online schooling um, seems to be a really, a really big challenge. And I think also I was just surprised by really how common it is that, that people don't have any experience with online video conferencing, you know, up until now. <laughs> I've done it myself in the past because of my work, but, but uh, you know, our school system, I don't think the teachers really had any experience with it. So that's, I know that's been a huge hurdle for them. And I'm grateful that they've made, you know, all this effort to learn about it. But uh, I think we still have a, a bit of a ways to go in terms of figuring out how to actually keep kids engaged and not overwhelm their sensory systems mm -hmm. um, just you know by all the elements of trying to talk to somebody online and actually learn yeah yeah I was noticing that with Freya the other day she was uh, with her resource teacher uh, her resource teacher is amazing and you know she's got the zoom and then she puts the things up but I'm just seeing like Freya you know already with like the slow processing but then like she's easily distracted by what's going on in the room around her and you know we're in a small house with with you know five people so um you know, we try and keep it mellow but um yeah it's interesting and uh sometimes frustrating but Freya I you know it's mostly I think to to create some kind of like normalcy and see the people that she's used to seeing. So, um, you know, just trying to get used to it, but they don't do too much. This is a Waldorf school, so they don't do too much online. You know, they send a lot of mm -hmm. packets home. Got some beeswax <laughs> the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to get craft materials in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. 
Okay, so when you speak of, because I have done, you know, to talk about resiliency and gratitude, and I would assume in my understanding that gratitude is part of resiliency, right? Or would you, how would you go about that? Yeah, it is. Well, um, so in the the field of positive psychology, they've defined resilience as um, the ability to kind of bounce back to a positive level of functioning through using our strengths and positive um, qualities, including positive emotions. So uh, in the studies that they've done, gratitude has come up as a real tool for cultivating resilience, you know, because it's, um, when we find ourselves in times of struggle or challenge, we often have fear, we have worry, we have, you know, times of uncertainty, we don't know what to expect. And all of that strikes a bit of um, a stress response. So when we do something like, you know, keep a gratitude journal or make a list of the things that, uh, that we're grateful for in the moment, we're actually cultivating a positive emotion and we're shifting our brain function, you know, using that part of our brain that's more creative, that, you know, makes, uh, makes decisions and solves problems. And so gratitude can be really powerful just for sort of balancing out that really natural response to get scared and freak out and not know what to do and and worry and ruminate about things uh and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of really positive things about what's happening right now as strange as that sounds you know i don't i I know that it's really tragic that people have died and that we're all kind of affected in this way Uh, but if we just look at it in terms of what we can learn from it you know what what each person and family experiences and what, what we can be aware of that we're grateful for from this experience, then it kind of shifts the whole thing. So um, gratitude, you know, for me, gratitude is a sort of central point in my life that I try to always come back to. But I've often recommended this to people just, just to try, just as an experiment. You know, sometimes we feel so bad about something, we don't even think that that would help. But uh, the fact of the matter is our brain function does change when we do it. So, so that's the reason behind, behind why it helps so much. So how, what are some ways that we can, so if we have our kids during this time that are feeling uh, more anxious, and, uh, but you know, maybe they don't get the, the necessity of a gratitude journal or have, can really engage with in that way, what are some ways that we can help our kids find the, the gratitude and, you know, work on that brain chemistry? Yeah. Well, with kids, it's actually, I find quite easy in a way, because all you have to do sometimes is just start asking them questions. You know, you can just say, well, what, did anything good happen today? Or uh, what was your favorite thing that we did today? Or, um, you know, what, tell me the names of, you know, three people that you really miss and you can't wait to see them when this is over. I mean, we don't always have to phrase it in terms of, oh, gratitude, this, gratitude, that, you know, that's sort of a, uh, a term that might be like more academic for some people. So sometimes it's like, if we want, we could sit down around dinner and say, hey, let's ask everyone what went well today. It's really, it doesn't even really matter if it's gratitude or something else positive. It's just, moving your attention from what's wrong or what we can't do to what actually happened that was good or what we can do 
or something that we like. It's just to shift from that feeling of, you know, lacking something or, or being down about something to finding a shift towards something that's good about it. So it's really just that question of what's good. And I think kids respond to that immediately. Um, and, you know, that's a strategy we've used many times outside of the pandemic with Olivia, just hey. to get her out of a bit of a rut, you know, a, a mental rut where she's kind of going in circles on something. It's very easy to bring to mind something that she really loves, like an animal or her dog. And once we start talking about that, then often we can get her, you know, out of that rut and focused on something else. So I think that also works with, uh, with typical kids. Yeah. So that's one of the strategies to use with PWS in a way it made me think of that was like, I remember Lisa Graziano talking about that. Like, um, I think the example was like going, trying to go miniature golfing and like the place was closed instead of focusing on like, we can't go miniature golfing today. Um, you know? oh, I'm sorry, we can't, but we can go next week or we can come back tomorrow. And so kind of shifting that into this, yeah, like you said, uh, sitting this place of like, oh, we can't, and you know, this place of lack, but, you know, shifting it to, to happier thoughts. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's key. And then another thing that I just wanted to mention was this, um, our own patience, you know, I mean, this can go for typical kids or special need kids, but uh, I often find that we we decide we want to get them, you know, in a different mental state. So we do something like this, but then we also have to have patience because we usually have an agenda, you know, we're kind of, even if not, we're, we're not aware of it, we're kind of there in our head with this idea of, well, this should change their attitude within about one minute, right? And if it doesn't do it right away, then we're like ready to throw in the towel. Whereas, you know, some kids need more time to come around and we can also let things not be okay for a bit and kind of all of us sit with that and then, you know, talk about these more positive uh, ideas that they might want to explore. And I found that they, they do come around generally, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Um, you know, it's easy to forget that, like you mentioned, they, some kids do tend to process things much more slowly. So they just need more time to make that shift. Um, you know, we have very set ideas about how fast things should happen or how fast we should have a response. And the truth is, is that, you know, it doesn't really matter how long it takes. Like, as long as we, we can just sit there and be with them and, and share that space with them and let them know that, that it's okay to be feeling like they are. And then we kind of invite them out of it by, by focusing on something else. Um, you know, with Olivia, she's a very loving kid. So she loves to talk about family members who love her. And that's a strategy that we can always turn to in a case of having her really stuck in a rut over something. You know, we can always play the, you know, let's name the people who love me game. Uh, and if it doesn't <laughs> so work at cute. first try, we'll, we'll try it again in 30 seconds or a minute. And then, you know, it, it's, it's funny how, uh, it's funny how it works, but it's, it's like, sometimes I think as the parents, we just need to, to just slow things down and and let things go at their pace yeah that's good advice and i and i love the name all the people who love me game because freya is totally into that as well um <laughs> as far as like and she really does have the dogs too like the, if one of the dogs will come over to get pet she'll be like she loves me <laughs> <laughs> or she misses me you know when she's talking about her teachers or yeah, it's sweet. Um, 
Oh man, I was totally going somewhere, but I got caught up. I got sidetracked by that. Oh, um, I was just thinking, yeah, letting them sit with that. That's something that I've had to learn to do with Freya, especially feel like now there are more, <clears throat> more outbursts, more meltdowns or, you know, whatever. And um, I don't always have the patience to deal with it, especially if it's like the fourth one in the day. And they're not like big violent outbursts or anything like that, but they're, you know, she gets very upset and I, it's something I try and manage, but um, sometimes I just can't. And so, you know, she goes into her room to cry or whatever. And I just say, all right, whenever you're ready, we're out here puzzling or, you know, whatever it is we're doing. And uh, rather than just keep engaging, because it seems like the more I engage, the more upset she gets or the more she needs to explain herself. And then I'm, not a very evolved human sometimes so I want to explain myself and it's you know, just like the other day I was just done I was just exhausted I was like all right we're we're over here when you're ready and it was like 10 minutes and you know I could hear her crying and that sucked um but then she came out and she like asked a question about the puzzle and then we were puzzling and we just kind of rubbed her back a little bit and everything was fine so I think um that's been one of my lessons is like sometimes it's okay for her to just cry it out you know not like god that sounds awful because I never let my babies do that but <laughs> you know like cry it out <laughs> but like in this place of knowing that I'm there you know I love her I'm here but I'm not going to try and fix it which is what I usually want to do and if that doesn't work yeah of course of course we always don't want to try to fix things for our kids you know but I actually think you know if you know 10 minutes um, feeling, feeling bad and then is able to come out of it. I think that's a really great sign because the whole idea is for our kids to learn how to kind of soothe themselves and get back to, you know, bounce back or be resilient. Right. So, um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad strategy at all. Sometimes just to be honest with ourselves and say, Oh, you know what? I'm at my limit too. So I've just got to throw in the towel for five or 10 minutes. Um, that seems like it's perfectly okay. And now, you know, is a time when all of us are under more stress, especially parents. I think us parents are under a lot more pressure than the kids are, really. And so, you know, can we be uh, gentle with ourselves? Can we just recognize when we also don't have any energy left and <laughs> we can't handle it anymore? You know, I mean, I think it's, there's a silver lining in that, which is that uh, if we let ourselves be human and, and, and just be as we are, then our kids can see that and they can learn from that too. And actually that's a great skill to have. It's a great skill to have to know that you can feel bad and not be doing okay at one minute, but that if you kind of give it some time and take a bit of a rest that you can get through it and you can be okay again. Yeah. And that's what resilience looks like for children. Uh, and I think that part of the problem of why people often get so worried about their kids is they just aren't letting kids have the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and if you're going to learn it, you just have to practice. So many of the frustrations that kids go through, the whole point for them is to learn these skills. So, so I think it's, it's great. And it sounds like Freya is somewhat able to do that. Um, Ollie's somewhat able to do that sometimes, not always, but uh, similar to what you said, there, there have been times where we've also just been like, you know what, you know, you can just stay in your room until you're ready to, um, be nice and 
sometimes she'll fall asleep. Sometimes she'll come out of it and, you know, have calmed down and sometimes not. But I think all of, all of that's really okay. It's, it's really just fine. It's just, um, just as we try to be compassionate with our kids, we should be that way with ourselves too. Yeah. And we're all human and we're all trying to figure out what the heck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna look like and sometimes I wish I had 10 minutes to be left alone to cry in my room <laughs> or just 10 minutes alone period <laughs> I know yeah, we're recording this at 7 a.m we Podcast. can't even be alone at 7 <laughs> <laughs> I know when you did that that webinar last Friday and I was so excited I was like all right and then like half an hour before it freaking started Haven or Freya comes walking into the kitchen. I was like, Oh, no. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's really funny because that's a struggle I've had for a really long time. And I think maybe part of the struggle for me is just accepting it, you know, in a way. But I've been I've been trying to develop a, a sustained writing practice over these past years. And I've had many writing coaches that have said, Just you know, just get up before your kids get up, just find that time for yourself. And it's very difficult to explain that, you know, I have a child who will wake up at whatever time I wake up. If I wake up at five in the morning in five minutes, she's going to be awake too. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it sometimes can be really hard to find even five minutes alone. And uh, that's, that's key because we all need a little bit of time alone, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I always appreciate our conversations and um is there you too yeah i really appreciate it i just i just love um i love the podcast and i love that you're helping people share stories about um you know what it's like to have kids with special needs and especially share so many of the joys that that come up i feel like there's not always many forums where we get a chance to share those things and um i really love that you've you've launched this podcast oh thanks i'm glad to hear that i've really excited actually by the fact that you say that other people are doing this even though you know I love your podcast and I think I'll, it'll always be like my go-to but um that's great because it just means that slowly but surely the special needs journey will become to be seen something mm-hmm. it'll be seen as something that people um aren't af- as afraid of uh-huh. and that people might actually feel like hey this this isn't necessarily a bad thing this could be a source of happiness in my life yeah. Um, I mean, that's what, that's what we've been saying from the beginning, right? Uh, that our kids are a source of happiness and, you know, that this can be a fulfilling way to live. Uh, so I think it's great that that's becoming like a more, um, I don't want to say mainstream. I don't think it's really a mainstream viewpoint, but it's becoming more accepted to say, well, yeah, you know, my child has these special needs and like, that's okay that's a, also a good way to live life mm-hmm. and, you know, to just be human and be alive and have whatever struggles you have is, is valid and worthwhile. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be happy in my circumstances. It's, it's so powerful and important. And I, I think we should, you know, share it with as many people as possible because it's, it's the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of us out here, you know, living amongst everybody and the more people that uh, are educated and and know and I mean the more podcasts that come out the more people that talk about their experiences you know not only are we finding 
you know, those people that are at home thinking that they're alone, but we're also, um, you know, reaching people that, you know, have typically developing children and are learning more. I mean, that's also, I love hearing that, that uh, parents are listening to the podcast because then they're like, they're getting clued in a bit and it just feels like uh, the world is more open to our children when more people are aware of, of what it's like to, you know, live this life and the challenges and the and the ways that we cope and, you know, all of that stuff. So um, I'm not sure if any of that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's such an... No, it makes perfect sense. It's such an important message, I think, Annie. Like, I wouldn't even tire of repeating it ever because, you know, if we think our kids are, you know, they have a purpose too. They're here for a reason. And it's it can be for us, you know, that they bring joy to our lives and they make us better people. But I think that, you know, if we live in a society where we say that we want to be more tolerant and we say that we want to be more connected and we have these values that we put out there that we want, um, like, how are we going to develop that without having these challenges, you know, having these challenges of integrating into, you know, school classrooms or into friendships? Um, so I think that, you know, our kids are helping other people see the world in a different way and mm -hmm. see the world as a better place and make those connections. And it's not always easy. You know, sometimes there's a lot of struggle that goes along with it. But uh our kids are, are really changing the world. So, um, you know, as, as things get, it gets more and more accepted that um, our kids have experiences to share, then it's like, that's how the world becomes a better place for them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely learning some, some very valuable lessons. Um, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I was going to ask, because I read, because you wrote a really beautiful article about being a special needs mom on Medium, and I'm wondering if I can share that and point people to that, because it was really beautifully said, and uh, I'd love to, to yes, share it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, of course. Um, you know, one of my, one of my goals is to put out there um, my own experience, because I feel like I've had a great experience. <laughs> Hasn't been easy always, but it's definitely been, it's definitely made me happy and it's definitely been, been real. So um, yes, please do share any information that you want to. And um, yeah, I, I think for those of us with kids with special needs, it's so important that we, we just share all the good stuff too, you know? Yeah. Because there's others like us out there who, who want to hear it and it helps so much. Yeah. Yeah. There, there really is. Uh, I just, I wanted to quote the writing journal. There's joy to be found here. <laughs> there really is. When I came upon that title, I was just like, yes, this is like the perfect title for this. There is, Annie. I, there is, there is so much joy. So I think that the the title of the writing journal is perfect, and I'm so happy because my writing journal just arrived in the mail yesterday. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so, I, yeah. It's perfect for me as a writer, and also you know, I, I love the fact to be, of being accompanied also on this kind of, this path, you know, it's, it's a, it's not, it's not always the path that people would want to take, right, intentionally, but it can be, it can still be amazing. It's just finding that trust, you know, finding trust in the fact that this happened to us and life is still going to be good and we're still going to have dreams and we're still going to do things that we want to do and our kids can also be happy. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> That's yeah. the joy for me to be found here. Beautiful. 
you know, if people want to learn, you know, more about coaching or coaching tools, they can always go to my, my coaching website, which is beservethrive.com. Um, it's what I went over in the resilience webinar last week was just kind of a model that I think is helpful for a lot of people. And it's really follows along the lines of the traditional uh, body, mind, and spirit, and the way that um, these different parts of ourselves are interconnected, right? So we think about it as kind of a, a table that has like these three legs. And when we get too much functioning in one area and we ignore the other ones, we kind of topple over. So in terms of um, you know, how we take care of our bodies, it's really just as simple as making sure that we're getting plenty of rest, um, making sure that we're at least eating three meals a day. I mean, I wouldn't even put the pressure on myself of having to eat healthy. I think that's like a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> if people do eat healthy, that's, you know, icing on the cake. But um, just to be able to say that we're eating regularly and we're having meals. Um, and then, you know, that we're taking care of ourselves in terms of getting up and taking a shower, that we have some sort of a routine. Um, those are just the basics of self-care for the body. So at the, at the mind or mental level, I think one of the keys that um, the people can practice right now is just working with their thoughts in terms of, you know, taking all the negative worries and either reframing them or setting aside a time for them that's specifically devoted to, to managing the worries. And then the rest of the time, you don't have to even think about it all. You can just say, well, I scheduled my worry time for you know, five to five thirty on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> I don't need to worry right now on a Wednesday, right? I can put that off until later. That's a great strategy for for working with being really, really worried. Um, then there's several of the positive psychology tools, like um, writing down three things you're grateful for, or sitting around the dinner table and saying, "Hey, what was your favorite thing that happened today?" Or what was something that made you laugh? You know, all of those things can work really well for, for shifting our brains into a more positive space. And then at the level of the spirit, um, I think this is the area where people are either really heavily into it and then they ignore the other areas or it's the area that is completely ignored. But one of the benefits of having a serious crisis is just that it sometimes brings up questions that we would never have the opportunity to face if it weren't for a crisis situation, right? So. If we just take 15 or 20 minutes to really sit with ourselves and we don't even have to do this in meditation, it can just be, like you said, finding a bit of time alone and just ask ourselves the question of, you know, how am I doing right now? How is my spirit feeling? You know, am I, am I worried or is there something coming up for me that, that I need to look at? Uh, having the space for this can be really powerful because often we find that when we're not doing well, there's something underlying all of it that we're just not really willing to be honest with ourselves about. And if we allow ourselves to start being honest about it, then often we feel much better. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that something we worry about is going to happen just because we give ourselves the time and space to look at it. Usually what happens is it, it can be let go once we give it the space that it needs. So this is a practice that I actually, about a lot because it's been the most effective one for me you know I struggled with anxiety all through my childhood and as uh, even as an adult for many years so it's it's really a great practice and it can be it can be done in meditation but it also can just be done you know not in meditation while on a walk or 
you know, I guess if you're, you're really advanced, maybe you could even do it while you're, you know, cleaning the house or something else like that. So um, this is, this is a model that I like, and I, I think it's worth sharing just because it's always worth remembering that if we find that we're not doing well, uh, you know, we're just out of balance and we just need to, we just need to come back to balance again. And that's it. And for me, um, I suck at meditating. Like as soon as I try and sit down and meditate, my anxiety goes way up. So I'm like, oh wait, I'm not breathing right. Can I breathe right? Why is my heart beating like that? Like, why is my, like, I just go nuts. So um, for me, it is actually writing does that for me. And I, um, I had an experience recently uh, where something just was not sitting well. Something was irritating me. And I mean, it was just like all night long. I was just like, you know, tossing awesome. and turning about it. And uh, I got up the next morning and I was like, this just feels silly because I feel like I'm being petty or whatever. I don't, you know, and I just wrote it all out, like three pages of why I was annoyed and what was bothering me. And at the end of it, like it, phys I physically felt like it was like this mental unload, like unloading. And then I was fine. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't really care about that. And uh, <laughs> it was like such like a strong example of just, <clears throat> you know, that part of the self-care of, you know, kind of clearing your brain out as well, I think. But <laughs> yeah, some stuff just needs a space. And uh, I'm right. similar to you in that often I process things through writing. So I don't even know what's going on with me until I write about it. Yeah. You know, it's almost completely out of awareness until I sit down and write about it. And then all of a sudden things come through that, that I wouldn't have been able to, you know, tell you about 15 minutes ago. Isn't that um, so funny how that works? Yeah, sometimes it's like I'll write something out and then it'll be like, oh wow, I didn't I didn't realize. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny. Things come through me a lot that way. I mean, even the the webinar that I hosted um, a week ago, which actually was um, part of a series that I'd agreed to do with some other coaches, but uh, when they asked me, you know, they gave me the top of of resilience, but they asked me, well, what did I want to you know present about that? And I, I really couldn't say until I had a chance to sit down and write it out. Um, so I, I didn't know, you know, that I would, that I would want to focus on body, mind, and spirit until I sat down with my journal and I think, uh, I just started writing and in about 15 minutes, I was very clear that this was something that was important to share, but it, it wouldn't have come up for me if I hadn't written it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm grateful to have writing in my life. Keeps me sane. <laughs> Me too. I love, I love writing. And I, I often think though, you know, for those people who, who don't feel at ease writing or have other ways, you know, what's, um, what's other ways to tap into what we're really feeling inside. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, it's just connecting with beauty in some way, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you that um, provides that space where things rise to the surface, right. you know, that could be, that could be that person's practice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people have all different ways of doing that. I think writing isn't necessarily the most common way for most people. Right. Um, we're, you know, we're raised to think that to write something is something special when in reality it's a skill that most of us have and could cultivate. But um, there's, there's other ways of, of, you know, finding uh, space for those, those things to come out. But it's like you said, it's so important that it, that it does come out because that's how right. you process things. Once it's processed, it's, it's not as important anymore. It's not bugging us anymore. It's not lying there underneath everything else, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, keeping everything simmering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've kind of unloaded your burden a bit. All right. 
I gotta get away from my cat. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> again, thank you, Emily. I really enjoyed this conversation. So and um, me too. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Always. I always, I always feel better after after we have one of our good conversations. Yeah, yeah, me too. I know we should do it more often. And now we that should. we're home more. Well, cool. Well, thank you we have so no excuses. much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, and um, yeah, maybe I'll see you Friday morning. Oh, yes. Lovely. That would we'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. And hopefully people will stay asleep. So I'm not distracted. <laughs> I was also, uh, I will say, a little distracted, like when everybody started talking about like the work that they do, <laughs> and I was like, you know, they're all doing these very important, amazing things, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> poet. <laughs> I don't know. I had a moment of like, that sounds Should I be here? <laughs> it sounds important to me. Yeah, I, 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 I wish I could say the same. If I you know, if I could be a poet and come on there and say I'm a poet, that would be like my, my, one of my dreams. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's also one of the problems. You know, we think we need to be important. We think we need to do something specific in order to feel good and just enjoy our lives and actually know what the way to enjoy life is to stop trying to always be something or do something. Right. It's just to enjoy what we have right in front of us, you know, like, you know, it's uh it's spring outside and things are green you know this is a source of enjoyment yeah. or we just planted our first garden thanks to the fact that here we are at home and we're not traveling right nice. now so there's tiny little itsy bitsy green tomatoes on the plants and i i'm a huge fan of tomato and i even said i want to plant all the vegetables for gazpacho soup in my garden so that's what we're doing nice you know, this is this is my life enjoyment um and this is more significant than, you know, titles, credentials, letters after your name, all of that. Uh -huh. So, um, and that's going to be the best tasting really soup you've ever had. You're gonna be I so know. Right. And I, I love cooking. So that's another source of enjoyment for me. You know, if I could, if I could spend all my days cooking, then that's a life well lived right there. There you go. Nice. And, you know, I have a daughter who loves to eat, so what could be better? <laughs> Like mother, like daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a perfect match. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, it's a great reframe. <laughs>